Welcome to Season 2 of Automation Chat. I'm so glad you're joining us. I'm your host, Teresa Houck, Executive Editor of the Journal from Rockwell Automation and our partner network magazine. Now, I want to remind you that video of this podcast is available on our YouTube channel at bit.ly.tjrayoutube. Today, I'm joined by Andrew Krostowski, Chairman of the Board and CEO of RealWare, a Rockwell Automation technology partner. We talk about how wearable computers are changing the workforce. We explore the two kinds of head-mounted, hands-free wearable tablet computers and what they do. The role of the manufacturing connected worker, typical applications such as maintenance and operations, the kind of workforce challenges that wearable communications are designed to help with, how your work will change as wearable communications become more common in the next several years, and more. But first, it's time for our family-friendly, silly joke of the day. What did the photon say to the hotel bellhop? No luggage, I'm traveling light. (laughs) Okay, now here's our chat. Hi, Andrew. Welcome to Automation Chat. Thanks for talking with me today about industrial wearable computers. Thanks, Teresa. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, Before we start and dive into this really interesting technology, just tell me a little bit about RealWare, what your company does. Sure. RealWare is a wearable uh, computer solutions company that's the gold standard for industrial uh, workers. So think of it as having a uh, tablet computer uh, at your eye level that's able to respond to you by voice only. So replacing all of the touch and gesture you have on your tablet computer with voice only commands. And therefore, you're able to do anything you could do on that iPad or tablet computer, hands-free in an industrial environment right on the edge. And I've seen this type of technology at work. It's really fascinating. Can you tell me about, there's different kinds of wearable communications in the market. Can you talk about the two types that are available from you and Microsoft and the differences between them? Sure, I'd be happy to. We break it into sort of two categories, broad categories of um, this. And one we would call augmented reality. So this is where uh, Microsoft HoloLens, HoloLens 2 does such a great job. It's an immersive experience where the user is getting uh, input and feedback to both of their eyes and the information and data is being presented in context and in location in front of them. So they really are feeling like they can interact physically uh, with the information that's coming from that. The advantages are great in training and other kinds of areas, but it's very difficult to do this safely in a dangerous frontline environment where you have to be aware of what's moving around you, where you're stepping and and those sorts of things. Uh, Also, it's not nearly as rugged as it could be in terms of the kinds of rain, snow, uh, sand that you run into in a real environment. The RealWare HMT1 and HMT1Z1, the intrinsically safe version that we use for explosive atmospheres is assisted reality. This is the idea, it's like having a tablet computer uh, in front of your, your eyes that you can operate solely with your voice. Think of it as a pilot who's flying, who's looking outside the window, checking for other aircraft, checking his airspeed, altitude, angle of attack, and then glancing down at his instrument panel to get the information uh, he or she needs at that moment to go do something to operate the aircraft. That's how you should think of assisted reality, is that information in context, when you need it, where you need it, uh, provided by uh, the heads-up display. Well, that's, that's a good analogy. And 
really what we're talking about here is having a connected worker, which has been a, an issue for years now talking about the IoT, smart analytics, but especially becomes even more important now that we've been dealing with this pandemic. So when we talk about a connected worker in manufacturing and industrial automation, what do we mean? What does that look like? That's a great question, Teresa. And, and you know, we at RealWare like to kind of think of this now broadening that idea of the connected worker to truly the modern industrial worker, because there's so many more aspects to just being connected that this kind of technology provides. You know, industrial automation systems are, are just growing uh, rapidly and this integration between the devices, their control systems, and the networks are just getting greater and greater. So when we talk about that, we really see this merging of the, the worker collaborating with not only their fellow workers, but with the technology around them. So when you think about Rockwell being in the forefront of all this automation, discrete manufacturing, and all these process industry activities, RealWare is in focusing on engaging, empowering, and elevating the first and frontline modern industrial worker who's interacting with those systems. That's a big deal. So putting this technology use, what are typical applications for connected workers and how do you see that evolving or changing in the next five to 10 years or so? Sure, well, we see right now, especially with the you know advent of COVID last year, just a tremendous embrace of telepresence, this idea of you know connecting to a remote expert and being able to uh, you know fix a down piece of equipment or install something or troubleshoot another area or otherwise provide maintenance or support. And so, you know, that's certainly going to continue. But what we see happening now rapidly is we, we're expanding beyond that initial use case where they see the value of managing complete workflows uh, as a wearable computer. So they're able to replace the pen and paper and the checklists and all of those types of things with being able to directly inter interact with systems of record to do maintenance checks or to, uh, you know, service a piece of equipment. So I think you're going to see, you know, more and more of that. But in addition, you're going to see this merging of the uh, inter industrial internet of things where all of this data coming from, you know, the equipment itself, the network, the, et cetera, is all going to be being fed up to the cloud where, you know, analytics programs, machine learning and AI can, can massage it, work on it, and then send that information back down for action to the worker. And so we like to think of uh, the modern industrial workers being able to close that last six inches uh, of that open loop, you know, that distance between your ears as you decide to how, how to turn a switch or how to push a button or what you know, corrective actions need to be done. And so as the value of these things gets to be greater and more complex, the return on investment for those modern industrial workers who are connected to that data and able to action it is just going to become greater. So what kind of workforce challenges are wearable communications designed to, designed to help with, especially with the pandemic and how that's changed how everybody works? Sure. And Teresa, I th think we're all familiar with the idea of travel restrictions, this idea that it's difficult, if not impossible, to travel to a site, to enter a customer's uh, facility, or otherwise gain access to do value-added work, maintenance, or, or support. So travel restrictions are something that clearly the HMT1 and a wearable computer paired with a remote uh, access telepresence solution uh, answers. Now, we'll see more of that, but I think as, as we go forward, 
uh, companies are seeing that the return on investment they got from that during the pandemic means they're not going to turn around and give up those advantages so readily as restrictions come off. So, you know, there's no reason to, you know, spend $10,000 a round trip to send someone to Asia to go repair a machine when that technician can be connected to a, an expert wherever they are in the world, and it could be repaired in minutes or hours with no one having to leave their, their facility. So those kinds of savings are going to be embraced. So I think you're going to see more and more of that idea of efficiency through telepresence and collaboration remotely being uh, the norm. Uh, I think we're seeing that a little bit with the idea of work from anywhere versus work from the office. We're finding we can collaborate very efficiently in this environment. The other thing I think we're going to address is risk mitigation. There's so many things that are happening, and we've all heard of the person using their cell phone, looking at you know, uh, their phone as they step over a curb or, or trip and, and uh, you know, fall into a fountain. Those things can be a little bit amusing when they're on Facebook. They can be deadly in an industrial environment. So as we look about how do we empower our workers with this kind of information, we have to be more and more aware of how we provide that information safely so they can interact with it without taking uh, additional risks in their, in their environment. So I think you're going to see a lot more focus on hands-free, eyes up, uh, very aware kind of, of information knowledge transfer. And the other thing I think is really important is the idea of uh, closing the generational gap. You know, workers today are, are beginning to age out of the workforce. Uh, and when you see those folks who are leaving, folks coming in are now digital natives. They're people who have, you know, lived their lives, you know, from childhood with, you know, a computer or a phone in their hand. And they're just not used to coming into an industrial environment or manufacturing environment and being handed a clipboard and a pen to try to go do something, right? That's a cognitive dissonance that, that doesn't, you know, resonate well. We're finding that with uh, technology, we can empower those workers, engage them more closely by being connected. You know, they feel this engagement and connection to their customer and to the business that they can then go do their actions more efficiently. They can uh, access information like videos that they, they can see how to do work. So training becomes faster, uh, work gets done more safely, and the older generations of workers can use the same technology to create the videos and create the training that the company can use to then curate and provide into the next generation of workers. So I think there's this virtuous uh, cycle of knowledge transfer, uh, knowledge development and training that we're gonna see that's just gonna make the workplace safer and more productive as we go forward through wearable technology. And so what do you think are possible obstacles that might come into play here? I think there's several things that are gonna come into play. Uh, one is, is simply connectivity. Right, only 60 to 70 percent of the frontline industrial workers work in an environment that's totally connected. So even with the promise of 5G, it's going to take years before that gets deployed out, and everybody has ubiquitous connectivity to the internet. I think we're going to see challenges in Wi-Fi, challenges in other standards. We're already seeing improvements for marine and offshore solutions using satellites and data compression uh, areas that would allow you know, computers to work more efficiently and to network some of these things. So I think you know, connectivity is clearly going to be a challenge that we'll face for the next couple of years. The other thing I think that's, that's always a constant are people themselves. You know, when people resist change, it's just the way we're hardwired. So uh, when we have the fear of the unknown, what we find is a way to overcome that is having a successful deployment that involves involving those folks, those frontline workers with designing the actual solution we're bringing, to have the company involved uh, in defining the solution space and, and the return on investment. So that's very clear what we expect from this uh, activity. So there's a connection to what the worker is doing and how they're creating value for the company. And then what's really exciting, I think, is then 
uh, providing the training so that the person becomes completely familiar with the value of the tool, right? Because just knowing how you know to do one thing isn't enough in in uh, in the future. They're going to have to be able to do lots of different things with with their systems. And just like you gain familiarity with your you know your cell phone, learning new apps and new ways of doing things, and all the the solutions your iPhone can give you or your Android phone can provide, we're going to have to provide that training for folks in wearables that they understand the complete solution set and, and get comfortable, you know, doing as they do with other technical devices. And so when they do that, uh, I, I think we see the best solutions and the best deployment. So fortunately, Realware helps our customers, you know, with all three of those things in terms of designing the, the defining the solution, bringing forward the return on investment and then you know providing the training for those workers to uh, to be able to do their best work uh, with the device. Well, as I mentioned earlier, I've seen videos on how it works. I, I haven't used it yet, but I can see the potential. What what role do you see for wearable computers in the coming years for industrial automation? Sure, I just see an evolution uh, of this idea that you know, as automation advances, as as the Internet of Things becomes ubiquitous, we see more and more machines talking to each other, talking to their network, sharing their status data, that data going up to the cloud, then being, you know, shared back down again in terms of uh, maintenance actions and, and uh, maintaining uptime. And, and people not only then be communicating with each other as they collaborate today on the machine floor, they'll also be collaborating with these AI systems to maintain and support the factory. And I think much like today, some folks talk to their Siri like it's a person or talk to their Alexa, you know, uh, digital assistant in their home and kind of think about that as a person. We'll begin to think about these systems as our partners, as we manage the factory, as we manage the production systems. And, you know, they'll know our needs. They'll have answers for us before we even ask the question. Right? There'll be this predictive analytics that comes forward. There'll be the idea that they know where we are and they know what is needed at the right time. And so people themselves will be more efficient. I think that's one of the things we have to be very aware of is that as automation advances, as we go forward, there's probably going to be only more and more of this in the manufacturing and discrete manufacturing and process manufacturing worlds. And that means there'll probably be fewer workers doing that. And that means the value that those workers have to provide will be that much more important. And so uh, we see this as a trend real world that, that the the modern industrial worker will be a connected worker and able to uh, provide the greatest value in that new environment. Yeah, and I think I've mentioned before, you mentioned Alexa. It just seems kind of funny to think on the shop floor, there'll be a device called Fred and one of the workers will say, hey, Fred, what's wrong with line one? <laughs> That's right. And maybe turn around and say, hey, Fred, can you open a work order for line one and assign it to Bob? Yeah. Right? And, that uh, right away, that'll be in the system of record and that worker will be off doing the next thing. So yeah. absolutely the way I see it happening too, Teresa. Yeah. And it seems funny now, but I think we're onto something. Well, this has been fascinating, Andrew. I really appreciate you talking to about this. And I know that we're all looking at a technology advancement in front of our face happening in front of our eyes. So thank you for sharing this with us. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Teresa. Thanks for having me. And for any of your listeners who'd like to learn more, please check out realware.com for case studies and videos. Yes, and you can check out the episode description for links to important information, including a great video that shows how this technology is used. It's not a sales pitch, but a real good video so you can see what the technology is and how you would use it on, on an industrial application. I'm Teresa Houck with The Journal Magazine. Talk to you next time.
This has been Automation Chat, and I'm Teresa Hauk. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review on your podcast app. And tell your peers about us. You can even hit the share symbol to share your favorite episode. And don't forget, video of this podcast is available on our YouTube channel at bit.ly slash T-J-R-A YouTube. Thanks for listening, and we'll chat again soon. Thank you.